0: Welcome to the Crossroads Community Church podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. But there was a there was a quote I gave you guys last week by DL Moody. We're in this new series called Grow. And the in the in the simple quote and you'll see it on the screen says this. Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at something that really doesn't matter. And that is the basis of this whole series that we're going to be in September that we're calling Grow. And so because of that, it made me ask one question. So what matters? If D.L. Moody's quote is correct, then the question is, what really matters? And I have an answer for you. I have studied enough and read enough that I believe that there's one thing that matters More than anything, it's life. God is consumed with your life and my life. In fact, John 10.10 says it this way, right? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, being Jesus, came to give you life and life more abundantly. And here's what we understand. If God wants us to have life, then we understand one premise that's built around a healthy life. If something is a healthy life, you know what it does? It grows. Like if you're taking notes, you need to know that if you are in a situation that you don't feel like you are moving forward in life, you need to know it is God's desire that you grow. Why? Because everything that's healthy grows. And I'll show it to you from the very simplest of scriptures and show you how it's been here from the very beginning of time. Are you ready? Genesis chapter one, verse 28. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Do you know that in the very beginning when God created, and he had Adam and Eve and he placed them in a garden and they were perfect Sin had not entered the world yet, okay? They were naked but not ashamed, amen. They were in the garden with dominion over the garden. God said, you got two things. One's that I can and one's that I can't. I want you to grow, be fruitful, and multiply. The I can is, but don't eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in the day that you do that, you will die it was one can and one can't. you know what's amazing about that one was the aspect of growth the other was the aspect of death well being the amazing people that they were you know, we know what they choose right they said wow this life is perfect i've got a perfect body she's got a perfect body we're gonna live forever god dwells with us in the day At the heat of the day, he came down and spent time with him. This life is perfect. So you know what I'm going to choose? I'm going to choose to sin and do the I can't. And all of a sudden, they were naked and ashamed. And at that point, you know what happened? As human beings, we stopped understanding the aspect of growth. Do you know what we get more consumed with? We get more consumed with all the things that we can't do and the things that hold us back than what we can do and what will multiply us and make us fruitful. Listen to me. God is still calling in 2021 for you to multiply and be fruitful. Now, for some of you guys that are dating or you're younger or you're single, no, I'm not talking about sex and I'm not talking about children. I'm talking about your influence and what you've called to do in life. God is calling you to multiply your life, to multiply your influence, and to be fruitful. In fact, in Scripture, he puts it this way. You shall know them by their fruits. And so the question is, well, why is this such a big deal? If God wants me to grow, then why is it such a struggle and why is it such a big deal? One simple premise. Are you ready? Write this down. I wrote it in my notes. Growth is essential as long as heaven and hell are a reality. Growth is essential. Why? Because heaven and hell is a reality. Do you realize that your growth has never been just about your growth? Your multiplying has never been just about your multiplying? Your fruitfulness has never been just about your fruitfulness? The reason why it's a huge deal is because there's a real place called heaven and there's a real place called hell. And I know in 2021, we don't talk about that much anymore in the church, do we? But you need to know that you can't have one without the other. You can't talk about God being gracious and God being loving in this place called heaven and not understand that God's also righteous and that there's a place called hell. That with Christ, we can have eternal life with him forever. Without Christ, we're going to spend eternal life still, but it's going to be without him in a place called hell. And because that's there, God is consumed with your growth. Your Life matters, and what you do with your life on this earth will determine not just how it affects your life, but where you spend your life for eternity and how other people around you may spend their life for eternity as well. So I want to use one parable today, one simple parable, a parable that you've probably heard a lot and give you just two simple premises out of it of what it means for us to grow and why it's important. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 14. And here's what it says. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servant and entrusted to him this, his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To each, if you have a paper Bible, I encourage you to underline these words, to each according to his ability. So listen to me. How do I determine how many talents I'm going to have. Some translations will say bags of gold. It's easy. The master who knows more than you looked at your ability, and depending on your ability, it determines how much gold or talents he's given you. Now, don't use the word talent as like gifts. I'm not talking about a talent like I have the ability, like America's got talent. This is talking about talents like like worth, gold, where you're gonna find your worth. And you need to know that God already knows your abilities. And because of where your ability is, will determine what talents or how much talent He will give you. I'm gonna come back to that in a minute. Let's keep reading. Then he went away. He had received the five, he who received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more, aka 10. So also he who had two talents made two talents more, so now he has four. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. You know what we realize? We realize from this story why he only gave him one. He knew his abilities. He knew that he didn't want to take a risk in giving him more of what he had because he knew that he wasn't going to do anything with it. I just want that to sink in for a minute. When we talk about the more than life, you need to understand that God wants you to have more, but he's not going to put in your hand something that you're not going to do anything with. That kind of hurts, doesn't it? Well, wait a minute. God's a gracious God. God's a loving God. God wants me to have more. Why does not he give me more? Because you ain't got the ability to do anything with it. You say, well, stink. So I'm just going to be stuck in this process forever? No. Hang with me through the whole message, okay? But just know that right now you may get exactly what you've gotten because that's exactly what you can do. So let's look at what this guy did with the whole concept. Verse 19. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents here, and I have made five talents more. Here's Master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Underline these words if you have a paperback. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your Master. See, there's a premise here that is so important when it comes to growth. You need to understand the master, a.k.a. Jesus Christ, is consumed with your growth. He has leveraged abilities and things in your life, not for his own gain as Christ, but for your gain called life. And when he comes back, he wants to look at you and say, wow, because you have been faithful with a little, I'm going to give you more. It goes back to that abilities, right? The more we show God that we're capable to handle obedience as he blesses us, the more he blesses us. Now, don't mishear me. This is not a health, wealth, prosperity gospel. I think that comes from the pit of hell. I do not agree with that. But what I am telling you is that God's not going to put more on you when you can't handle the little that he's given you. Here's how it works in church life. How in the world as a pastor would I pray for God to allow us to be fruitful and to multiply as a church and not handle the people that God sent to us right now as a church? That's the reason why you hear me make this statement. We are never gonna be so consumed with all the people that aren't here that we don't take care of the people that are here. It is vitally important that we handle what God's given us now so that God will see the obedience and he'll keep sending us more. This fits in every aspect of your life. I don't care if it's a job. I don't care if it's a relationship. I don't, like every aspect of your life the reality is for some of you the reason why your life is where it is is not because God doesn't want to bless you but you can't handle what he's giving you right now so he's not going to give you more for you to destroy that too here's the other side of it when he does bless you with a more you better be careful with the way you handle that God's never given you more for it to take you further away from Christ. God says, in fact, his first commandment, that you should love no other gods. He's to be the number one God, the number one person, the number one thing in your life. I use the word thing very loosely. And scripture tells us that he says, I am a jealous God. Do you know what God's not going to do? God's not gonna bless you with things that causes you to be disobedient and pulls you away from him. In fact, for some of you, That's one of the reasons why some of the struggles that you've had is because you've allowed things in your life to take the precedent where God needs to be. And so God's up there saying, man, I love you. I want to bless you. I was giving stuff to you. But because you're not being faithful with what I'm giving you, I've got to bring you back to me. Like I am in love with you. I want to have a relationship with you. I am number one priority in God's life is your life. And whenever he blesses you, and that blessing leads to disobedience and leads to to walking away from God and focusing on those things more than you focus on God, you may just find yourself all of a sudden in a situation that God removes that from you. And here's how much God loves you. He loves you so much that he knows that sometimes he's got to protect you from yourself. And because of that, sometimes he has to take stuff out of your life because of your choices but here's what's great what we're learning in this parable right but if you'll be faithful with the little you know what he'll do he'll multiply with the more and that's what this is talking about literally he says well done good and faithful servant you have been faithful over a little i will set you over much i'm going to give you more and he doesn't stop there listen to what he says next because this is what all of us want right enter into the joy of your master do we not want joy why do we not experience joy because we're looking for it in all the wrong areas but let's keep going with this parable next verse he also who had received the one talent, or i'm sorry uh, then we turned around in verse 22 and he also had two talents came forward saying master you delivered me Two talents, here I've made you two more talents. And the master replied with the same exact thing. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I've set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And then verse 24. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you. Now I want you to listen to what he's about to say. Our first step in our vision is we want you to know God. Why? Because I believe most people, they start off with the wrong concept of God. They know of God, like as as savior of my life, but they don't intimately know God. This person of this parable that gets the one, he doesn't really know. He says that he knows, but what he says lets us know that he didn't know. Listen to what he says. I'll underline this in my Bible. You can do whatever you want to. It says, master, I knew you. And then listen to how he describes him to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. You know what's amazing? Is he was half right, which means he was fully wrong. Do you know that God is completely consumed with reaping where he did not sow? He wants to multiply your life. He wants you to be fruitful, but you know what God's not? God's not a hard man. You know what this master was not? He was not a hard man. He's not somebody saying, hurry, this is my stuff, and I'm so stingy, and you better not mess this up. Like, I'm going to give you some stuff, but you better use it well. I have to be careful as a parent. I have a tendency to come across sometimes as a hard man. In other words, I'm going to love you and I'm going to give you stuff, but you better do the right thing with it. What? Like, giving has to be accompanied by generosity and grace. God is not a hard man. Just because God is righteous and sovereign and just doesn't make him hard. Just because God is consumed with reaping where he's not sown does not make him hard. See, if you have the wrong perspective of who he is, then it'll lead you into the same thing that happened with this man in this parable. Listen to what this man does. It's hilarious to me because I'm fixing to tie it all together. He says, you being a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scatter no seed. Verse 25, so I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what's yours. You remember in the very beginning when I said in the very beginning God created Adam and Eve and he put them in the garden he said, be fruitful and multiply? Do you know what happened when they misunderstood who God was? When all of a sudden they took of the knowledge of good and evil and they ate of that tree and all of a sudden they went, oh my gosh, we're naked. Oh, I'm afraid. Hey, let's go make some clothes. And you know what they did? God comes down and he says, Adam, where are you? And he finds them hiding with clothes. And for the first time, man and woman have this thing called shame. And because they have shame and guilt, they put their shame and guilt on who God is. And rather than being a loving God to have a relationship with, they now look at God as being this, this, this like, Lord over them that's going to out to get them. And you know what God's response was? Why are you hiding from me? You know what Adam's response was? Because we were naked and afraid. Both situations, because of a misunderstanding of who God was, resulted in the same exact thing. When you misunderstand who God is, you know what you start doing? You start becoming afraid and you start hiding. For most of you, that's where you are in life. We have stuff in our life, and we don't like to be transparent, do we? Because we don't know how people are gonna respond. And because people in this world have responded inappropriately to us in our shortcomings, and they've used that leveraged against us, we take the way people respond in this world, and we apply it to God and how he's gonna respond to us. Listen to me. That's not who God is. Because God wants you to grow. If we were to finish this story, and I'm going to do it rapidly, it says, But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. Now, notice that he does let him know what he is, but he doesn't talk about being hard. He says, You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. He did not admit to saying, Yes, I'm a hard man, because that was a lie. But he did say, You're right. You're right, I do reap where I don't sow. And I do want to get seed, like like I want to multiply your life. You're right, being God, I want to empower your influence for you to do things that is amazing. But then listen to how he ends. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and in coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10. For to everyone... Who was, who has, will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But for the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away, and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness, in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. See, the amazing thing is, is there's two other things I'm fixing to give you from this. But what I want you to catch is that growth is essential, and God is consumed with your growth because He wants to multiply and have you be fruitful. And you say, what happens if, if you don't? he took the one and he says, you know what, take the one from him and give it to the guy that has 10. And you go, well, that's kind of bad. Like that dude's already got 10. Like why not give it to the guy that has four? Second point, listen to me. Through this parable, we understand an amazing truth. My growth, your growth, potential, is different from others. My growth potential is different from yours. I think we get so caught up in what we don't have that we don't realize what God has given us. Can you please stop worrying about the stuff that you don't have and what you see in somebody else and start using what you do have? Well, I've only got one. Well, by golly, make it two. And then in the next year, make it four. And then the next year, make it eight. And then when you get to be older, all of a sudden you look back and go, wow, what happened? I had no idea. Look at how this has multiplied. Why? Because God wants you to grow, and he wants you to multiply and be fruitful. But you know what you don't do? You don't just all of a sudden one day wake up and go, wow, I've got a 100. Because you've got to prove that you can handle the little before God's going to send you the more. Can I tell you how it reads in in Galatians chapter six, verses four through five? Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Man, we get into the comparison game, don't we? As soon as I start talking about growth, we start talking about everybody else well, boy, look at these people and look at these people and look at that relationship and look at that person. Man, if, I wish I had that and I wish I could do this. And I, I mean, all I got this. Listen, what you have is exactly what God knows that you're able to have because of your abilities. And if you want more, listen to me, then do better with your abilities. Handle what he's given you rightly. You're fooling yourself if you think God's gonna financially bless you if you can't be generous with what you got right now. If you can't be generous with $100 a week, he's not going to give you $10,000 a week. Why? Because if you can't give $10 a week, he sure ain't going to give you $10,000 and expect you to give $1,000. Be generous. Be obedient. If you can't do the right things in your relationships and you can't handle those things and you can't handle temptation, you can't handle struggles, God's not going to multiply that relationship. Why? Because if you can't handle it before you're married, you're not going to be handling it after you're married. Love well now so that you'll be able to love great later. If you can't handle and be respectful and love children and adopt children and, and have a spirit of adoption towards children that are in need, God's not going to bless you with children and expect you to all of a sudden, like, woohoo, now I'm going to be great at this. Like, you are doing exactly what you have the ability to do when you rely on yourself. And God's saying, But listen, if you will let me give you life, me be the Lord of your life, let me be the one over your life, I will help and give you the abilities and the things that you need through spiritual giftedness and the way that I created you. And I'll help you make a difference. I'll help you discover a purpose. and I'll I will multiply you and it'll be amazing, but you've got to learn that the way you get to the more is you've got to be faithful with a little. In fact, it's the last point, and I'm done. You know what else we learned about this parable? We got to get better. We can get better. I don't care where you're at, there's always room to grow. The one that had five, he said, you know what, I can get better, I'll get ten. The one that had two said, by golly, I can get better, I can get four. The one that had one misunderstood the master, he hit it, and was like, hey man, I I brought you what's yours, and he's like, that ain't mine, like, I want more. But it's going to start with you understanding what it means to get better. And that's where we struggle, right? That's where you're sitting there going, okay, great. So, pastor, tell me, how do I get better? You don't know? You got to do the things that they did in the Bible. If you want the things that happen in the Bible to happen in your life, you got to do the things they did so that God can do the things that he does. Is this a legalistic message like these Pharisees that God says you, you're whitewashed tombs, that on the outside look great, but on the inside you're dead bones? Absolutely not. I'm not talking about a legalistic approach and, and trying to do it. What I'm telling you is obedience is a really big deal. And it's huge to your growth. I, I'll, I'll give you a story, a story I came across this week that will help you understand what I mean when I mean Get better. There were five gentlemen. They were on a on a trip, business trip. And like most business trips, they were out a little bit late on that last night and doing a few things they probably shouldn't be doing because they're on a business trip away from family. And if you're on a business trip, can I encourage you to to be the same person away from the house that you are at the house? I'm gonna chase a quick rabbit. You know what my biggest thing right now that I'm dealing with? I get you inside the pastor's head. For the first time in my life, I'm starting to understand and I want to realize more than anything, I want the people that are closest to me to respect me the most. I'm great at faking it. I can get up here on the stage and make you be like, woohoo, man, I love my pastor. I want the people that really know me, the people that I'm closest to, I want them to respect me the most. I want to grow where those people want to be a part of my life and want me to be a part of theirs. So how do I get better? Well, these, these five guys were on this business trip and they run a little bit late and they, they take off running and they, they're running through the terminals and they're down in Atlanta and they're, they're getting through this different stuff and they take off running and, and all of a sudden the five guys unintentionally, one of them bumps this little girl who's about 15 years old. She has an apple cart and apples go everywhere. And they know they had a decision to make. Four of them took off But the one that bumped the apple cart said, guys, y'all are going to have to go ahead. I've got to go back and help and make right what I did. Well, this man was very grateful that he did. Because when he went back, he saw this 14-year-old girl who was crying and was on the ground trying to search for apples. And he goes, ma'am, can I help you? And she said, please. He goes, how can I help? She goes, help me gather these apples. I'm blind. And I can't see. So the man starts picking up these apples, sets them on the cart, starts looking at the apples that are bruised and damaged because she's not going to be able to see this. And it says, 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 ma'am, I, I, I want to pay you. I, I have about 40 apples that have been damaged, and I, I want to pay you. C- can I pay you for these apples? How much are the apples? They're a dollar apiece. Can I give you $40 to pay for these apples that I've messed up? She wipes the tears out of her eyes. She said, yes, thank you. And the man gives her 40 bucks. He starts to make his way to the Delta Corridor where he's going to have to find a different flight because he's missed his flight. As he's walking away, that little little girl goes, sir, sir, can I ask you a question? He said, sure. She goes, are you Jesus? He goes, what? She said, are you Jesus? I can't see. But I know when my apples went flying all over the place, I started praying that Jesus would help me. Are you Jesus? This man started crying. He said, no, honey, I'm not Jesus. If I was Jesus, I'd be a lot more kinder. I'd be a lot more patient and i wouldn't have bumped into your apple cart. And she said, "Well, to me you like Jesus." You know, most of our issues, we just in too big of a hurry, guys. We're trying to get to the next destination. And if we were to look back, we are we are busting over people's apple carts, over their lives. Like, what does it mean to grow and get better? Be better. Be better in the way you love people. Be better with what he's given you. Stop long enough to notice that you're not the only person that has problems. Stop long enough to notice that, you know what, just because everything may be going great for you, for some people, it's a living hell. And they just want you to notice I didn't really realize how, how big of a deal noticing meant until yesterday. I've never received so many texts, calls, and messages on social media as I did yesterday for my birthday. And at age 47, can I tell you, it was awesome to know that people noticed listen to me growth is essential as long as heaven and hell are real and you're a major part of that and though our growth potential may be different right now it's all leading to the same place if we'll make a commitment just like this parable and let's get better If you're encouraged by today's podcast and would like to hear more messages, visit us at crossroadscommunitychurch.com.